Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show. You know, Vin, it was uh, 15 years ago, give or take, that I weighed 550 pounds. I had undiagnosed bipolar disorder, and I was incredibly lonely. Good times. Yeah, it was it was great times. And looking back with all I've learned, there, there's a few things that, of course, are surprising. You know, one, I honestly thought that the biggest health concern that I had back then was the fact that I weighed 550 pounds. And the first thing that I was surprised to learn is that mental illness, bipolar disorder, uh, was likely to take me out a lot quicker than than dying of the obesity because of the, the suicidal thoughts. So mm-hmm. obviously in my career as a mental health advocate and of course my own suffering, I, I've learned an incredible amount about how the brain works. But just recently I learned that my weight problem wasn't number two. It turns out that the second likely thing to have taken me out, I'm making air quotes listener, was loneliness. Turns out that loneliness is deadlier than obesity and should be considered a major public health hazard. Yeah, I, I read the same articles recently that are going into that. It's the, the article that I read said that lonely people have a 50% increased risk of early death compared to those with, you know, good social connections. And of course, that is comparative to obesity, which raises the chances of dying before the age of 70 by around 30%. So right. while the entire country is freaked out that we should be losing weight, there's, there's no apparently friend watchers. We need to start friend watchers where you go and learn to make friends. So a lot of our listeners are probably saying, well, now, wait a minute. How, how, how does loneliness take you out exactly? It turns out that lonely people are more likely, like 30% more likely, to suffer from strokes or heart disease. And this is from Harvard. This is, this is a research yeah. study uh, by Harvard. So this isn't some weird thing that we found on the 58th page of Google. This was, <laughs> uh, this was something that came out of Harvard University. Right. And a lot of the research showed, Vin, that, that being socially isolated will activate what researchers call the fight-or-flight stress signal, which increases Mm -hmm. levels of uh, a protein that I can't pronounce (laughs) uh, in your bloodstream because it anticipates injury or blood loss. And having too much of the protein, Vin, go ahead and and show your smartness. Yeah, it raises your blood pressure, causes a buildup of the fatty deposits in your arteries. Which makes you... Not a good thing, yeah. Yeah, makes you more likely to have a heart attack. And people understand that heart attacks are bad, but also loneliness does more. Let's think about this not as a researcher for a moment and consider what we do when we are lonely. When I'm lonely, I eat potato chips. I order in pizza because I'm lonely. I'm not going out to restaurants. That would be depressing. Well, you and and I are emotional eaters. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, you don't weigh 550 pounds because you have an active social life. You weigh 550 pounds because you're sitting on your couch you know, double palm and whoppers. And it's, it's this perpetuating cycle. You know, because you weigh 550 pounds, you don't really feel like going out and socializing because you don't have a great image of yourself. So it just feeds upon itself. And we've learned just because humans are, you know, we're, we're social animals. Even introverts, the most introverted guy I know is my grandfather. Even he has a wife, children, family, and, you know, likes to throw back a cup of coffee with the old retirees down at the, I don't know where old people get coffee these days because he hates (laughs) Starbucks, but 
you know, again, this is a man that has said 15 words in his entire life. I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course, but he really is an introverted guy. And even he wants some social. Right. Yeah. So when you're all alone, you start making bad choices, bad choices with exercise, bad choices with eating, bad choices with your health care. After all, you start to feel sick and there's nobody around to encourage you to go to the doctor. There's nobody to talk to. Let's bring this back to mental health. Maybe you're mm-hmm. starting to feel depressed. You have nobody to talk to about it because you're lonely and you're socially isolated. Right. So then one of the things that I was amazed to learn is that loneliness has subcategories. I thought lonely oh, yeah. was like it. Like, like there, was, <laughs> there was lonely and not lonely. It yeah. turns out that lonely has branched out into subheadings. Yep, there's a bunch of different, different types of it. Let's go with the most common one, the one that people are thinking about the most, the loneliness tied to not having a significant other. Right, right. You know, this is the one that I hear from the, the, the teenagers in my life. I'm lonely. Why? My boyfriend broke up with me. Right. And, and, and then you and I have both said this to each other at different times in our lives. Yep, I'm happily married now. want to give a shout out to my great wife. Uh, but, but then you're still hitting the dating scene. Where it's hitting me, one of the two. <laughs> but speak to that for a moment. And, and what's it called? It's got a cute name. I, I love um, the name the researchers heard, came I've, up with. I've heard it called No Sweetheart Loneliness. No Sweetheart Loneliness. Right. Um, yeah. So, so yes. And, and I will admit that is, uh, that is a big one for me right now. My, uh, my last relationship ended, uh, what, 12 years ago just about? So I haven't had anything serious since then. and. Yeah, it, it gets old after a while. And you can see where no sweetheart loneliness came from because the expression third wheel, and that's the single person hanging out with the couple. So right. even though that person is standing next to two other people whom they consider friends and who they went out with into public, they even say, mm-hmm. I'm a third wheel. I feel alone. Right. And that's because they're not in the relationship. Exactly. There's the next one, which, which I recently decided I believe in, even though I was not an animal lover up until I got my precious dog, Peppy. Uh, yes. Uh, but no animal loneliness. Now, mm-hmm. Vin, you, you have had pets, I mean, my God, as long as I have known you, oh, you no, are a not, big not animal really. person. A big animal person, yes. I'm now, I had a dog up until I was like 17 when she passed away. Yeah, I was but a boy yet. Yeah, shut up. But I never <laughs> had another pet until long after college. So there's a very long stretch in there with, with no animals. But yeah, I've, I've, had, uh, I've had mostly cats since then. When my last relationship ended 12 years ago, um, I had no pets. But after, I don't know, it was like a year, I was like, okay, I need an animal around this place. So now I do. This is something that wouldn't have occurred to me. I, as you know, we had one dog growing up for about eight years. The last four years I lived at home. So my childhood had an animal for four years and then I really didn't have animals uh, until I got the dog. So I never sat around and said, oh man, I wish I could have an animal. But now that I have one, I I really see it's going to represent a loss when, when Peppy 30 or 40 years from now decides (laughs) to go to the big dog house in the sky. Yeah, and it's something that, as you say, non-animal people just aren't going to understand because until you've lived with an animal and, and bonded with one, it's just not going to make a lot of sense to you. Yeah. But it is very real. Completely, completely understand. Now, here's another one that 
a lot of people find themselves in, even the most mentally healthy people find themselves in this situation. And it's the literally new situation loneliness. Mm -hmm. Then you, you have lived in quite a bit of places, certainly more States than I've, I've lived in one state. Uh, well, two, if you count, I was born in Pennsylvania and moved to Ohio at two years old. I don't really right. recall it, uh, but you have found yourself in, in this particular situation yep. numerous times. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's one of those things, especially that I find is very different depending on how old you are. When I was younger, like when I was in college and whatnot, it was, it was easy to pick up and move somewhere else. And younger people seem to be able to um, blend in and, and, and make friends easier than people who are getting older in life. Younger people make friends easier. It's, it's very simple. And old guys like me, well, we don't so much. And so, the social scene is set up. I, I, you can see why society creates this. The, the places that you go to meet people are set up for younger people. That's true. I just, I, but, I love you, Vin, but I can't imagine you clubbing. But yeah, good point. <laughs> Unless it's on a golf course. That's a different <laughs> thing entirely. Now, one thing, and this is not particularly related to loneliness, but since we're on this topic, let me mention it. Because I, I find myself bringing this up a lot to different people in different circumstances, but it's easier for young people to make friends because they're not as picky. You know, when we were kids, it was, it was easy to make friends. It's like, oh, you like that TV show too? Cool, let's watch it together. We'll be friends. And it's that kidding? simple. It's it that was, simple. It was, do you live within walking distance of my house? Well, yeah, sure. But today it's like, oh, wait, you, you eat meat? I don't know if we can be friends because I'm <laughs> vegan. Or, or, you know, name your, name your situation. Name your, name your flag. Oh, we different have all political these criteria. views, different religions, sure, different socioeconomic sure. classes. I mean, yeah. we've got a million of Any them. number of things. We've got this checklist in our heads of who we can be friends with and who we can date and all of this stuff. And it just makes it harder. We spend too much time focusing on what makes us different than what makes us similar. And that's a big problem in our society. Very well said. Vin, we're going to step away for a second. When we come back, we're going to talk about the loneliness subcategory that I relate to the most as a man living with bipolar disorder. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face -face session. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash psych central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. Betterhelp.com forward slash psych central. Welcome back. Gabe, we're going to talk about the type of loneliness that you feel the most, and I think I know what that is. You feel different, don't you? Yeah. Because you're a redhead. <laughs> I, I, I feel different for a great, great many reasons. Uh, obviously, being a redhead doesn't help because people say things to me all the time like, where'd you get that pretty hair? And, uh, you know, without diving into my history, of course, nobody else in my family has red hair. So <laughs> I'm like, scalped oh, this other person. Yeah, yeah, great. It's obvious I'm adopted. Um, but living with bipolar disorder, you know, I, I'm different. No matter how you try to reframe it, you know, oh, you're differently abled or, you know, Gabe, mm -hmm. you've made a great life for yourself or you're well, I still have to accept that only one in 17 people live with a serious mental illness. Mm -hmm. and I'm one of them. And that made me feel different for 
many, many years. And also I'm the only member of my family that has severe and persistent mental illness. So I, I feel different from them and I'm getting up in years now, so it helps out. But when I was 25 years old, I was the only person in my peer circle that took medicine twice a day. And I had one of those little old people, you know, <laughs> pill dispensers that had all the little days on it. Yeah. These are just things that made me feel isolated. And I coined the phrase once to my family to explain this is living with bipolar disorder makes me feel alone in a crowded room because nobody else knows what I'm going through. Right. And there's many, many reasons, especially in the beginning that I even hid. So I didn't even want to explain what I was going through for fear of discrimination or sure. stigmatization, which we've talked about in, on this show many, many times. So yeah, I think that one hits people like, well, like us, Vin, a, a lot. We just feel different and misunderstood, and that has a cost. Indeed, it does. One more that I want to bring up, and then we'll move on to um, what we can do about loneliness. Yeah, I'd like to know. I'd like to know. We'll get there. One uh, more thing, though. <laughs> so I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I've been single for quite a while, and that means I live alone. Sure, I've got the cats but that's not quite the same thing as having another person physically present, whether that's a lover or a roommate or even a family member, what have you. Sometimes it's just nice having someone else around, right? Yeah. So that's why, you know, one of the things that I do to be more social and to, I guess, avoid that level of loneliness, you know, for all the times that it exists is when I do my writing, it's most likely at a coffee shop. Interestingly enough, Vin, corporations have figured out that people like this kind of constant reassurance. And that's why when you go to a lot of places now and you place an order, they don't just give you a number. They write down your first name. And that way, when your order is ready, they can yell, Vince, Gabe, the right. John family. This is, uh, there's a very, very, very popular company that serves coffee. And every morning they write your name on your cup and they yell it out. And many people, myself included, go get our, our coffee, our drinks at a place where they will greet us by name every morning. Mm -hmm. I know and they're not my friends. I, I'm yeah. not, I don't, I'm not delusional. I'm not, you don't need to explain to me how they're just doing their job. I, I know they're just doing their job. I don't care. When I walk in, another person recognizes me and that right. makes me feel better. And mm -hmm. I can't replace that. And that's why I do it. What if somebody chooses to be alone? Are, are they choosing loneliness? Is this some sort of mental illness that they're inflicting upon themselves? No, because being alone is not the same as being lonely, right? There's being alone in a form of solitude. I like living alone, for example. Doesn't mean I want to all the time, but, but I, do, I do enjoy living alone. That to me is not lonely. So there's a, there is just a very clear distinction between being alone and being lonely. Solitude versus loneliness. For example, Superman has the fortress of solitude so he can go there and reflect upon the decisions and talk to his dead dad and his dead home world. Sure. It's not the fortune of loneliness. Yeah, Batman has the cavern of loneliness. Ooh, I think he calls right? it the Batcave. Well, whatever. Potato, potato. That makes sense. So loneliness is something that you can't escape, but you want to. And solitude right. is, is a choice that you are consciously making that you could leave if you so choose. Absolutely. Okay. So if you are lonely, what do you do about it? So there are a lot of things, obviously, that we can do. I think one of the most obvious would be to take steps to connect with people, 
make plans with them, reach out to say a coworker or whatever, say, Hey, you know, let's, let's go out and have a beer after work or what have you make the connections. That's, that's a pretty obvious one there. I'm not saying it's easy for people, but, but you know, it is there. That's what I was going to hit you with. I mean, let's say that you're in a brand new city. You're all alone. Your family is completely far away. You've moved to California. Let's say that you're from Pennsylvania. You're brand new. There's nobody else. You're all alone. You're a 50 year old man. And now you've got to make new friends. Where is the first place that you should go? That's going to depend on you. Some people are going to say, well, I'm going to go to a bar. And fine. If that's you, then, then do that. Some people are going to reach out to coworkers. That's fine too. So whatever it is for you, comic book store, whatever, you know, go to wherever you're comfortable and start there. Just makes sense to me. One of the things that I want to give a shout out to is the internet. The internet has lots of cool oh, yeah. websites that are just like dating apps, except for making friends. Sure. Uh, the, the biggest one, I, I'm not plugging them. They didn't give us any money, but meetups. Meetups are all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll have meetups for book clubs. They'll have meetups for chess, meetup for board games. The, the internet has created some amazing opportunities to connect with people that you never thought you would have connected to. We're, we're mostly aware of dating sites, but there are just as many friend sites. And that is really, really cool for me. Now, a couple of the things that it says is like, for example, we did a whole episode on sleeping a Mm -hmm. few episodes back. And one of the things to avoid being lonely is to get enough sleep. So that seems counterproductive. You won't be lonely if you're well rested. Explain that, Vin. It's not exactly that. But of course, sleep deprivation, as we talked about before, it brings down your mood. So it's going to exacerbate any loneliness that you might have. I'm not going to say it causes it, but yeah, it'll make it worse. And of course, loneliness can affect your sleep too. So yeah, it's, it's one of those vicious cycles. A lot of the, the, the tips that the experts give, and I love the tips that the expert gives, you know, they're, they're all around, you know, go where people are, keep an open mind. One of the things that you said right before the break was we need to look for similarities rather than looking for differences. And I, I think that's very, very wise. They all seem to revolve around the idea of, of being open to the possibility that the person standing next to you could be a friend. Mm-hmm. I sort of want to add on to that and say, you know, we have all kinds of friends. You know, oh, Vin, yeah. you, 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 Vin, I know you're going to love this. You're my bestie. You are my bestie. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I also just have casual friends. You know, I, there's the guy at, at the, the restaurant I go every morning. I consider him a friend, but he's never been to my house. He's never met my wife, but we have literally drank our breakfast together uh, every morning for four years. Mm-hmm. I would miss him if he were gone. When I was younger, back in my, my early college days, I had some very close friends that I would do things with all the time. There was a big difference between the two of them, though. One of them, we would often have long heart-to-heart talks about all kinds of different things. And the other one, we would never did. Ever. It just wasn't part of our friendship. But he was no less a friend than the other one. Very excellent point. In a lot of the research we did for this show, we found great suggestions that really are just kind of no-brainers. One of the biggest ones that, that I like was make plans. Don't wait until your birthday to try to get people to go out with you on your birthday. Throw yourself a party and invite people over a month in advance. Invite people out. Don't wait for people to invite you. We all have a tendency to sit in the corner and hope that we're noticed. And listen, this probably would have worked when we were 15. Probably would have worked mm-hmm. when we were 25. But when you're 50... 
they assume that an adult that is not being active or proactive is probably busy with their own social circle. So they don't know that you need to join theirs. Right. Most people are very receptive to this idea. So don't wait for someone to call or email, contact them. And also, this is the big one, especially in the mental health community, if somebody says that they're busy or they don't have time, just take them at their word. There's no reason to get anxious about it. But if you are anxious, we had a great podcast on that too. Then before we go, during the research for this show, you, you said something really fascinating that actually spawned our own great conversation that unfortunately the mics weren't rolling. Can you explain that on our way out the door? What I was saying was that knowing that we were going to be doing a show on loneliness and knowing that it's something that I struggle with, I knew I was going to have to talk about it. And for some reason, I found it much more intimidating to talk about my own loneliness rather than my own mental illness. I couldn't quite figure out why, but to me, it's almost like, I mean, I mean, a mental illness, I know there's nothing I can really, I can't help that, you know, that's life. It just, it's just, it's my brain. Can't help it. Loneliness though, I can do things about that. And the fact that I'm still dealing with it makes it seem like I failed somehow. And it's kind of embarrassing. Then we have a tendency to judge ourselves harshly when we think that we're failing. But as my grandfather always says, the electrical engineer, the first step towards solving a problem is finding the problem. That's a good chunk of his 15 words. It's almost all of them. He just said it a lot. <laughs> Thank you everyone for tuning in. And remember, you can get one week of free, convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere by visiting betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. We'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to The Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com show. Psychcentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.